0: Hello, everyone. Today, I am joined by the fancy graph king, Brian Bastin of On the Four Check, and we are going to talk all about the wildcard race, the Flames defense and goaltending issues, as well as some comparables on the Nashville Predators. You're locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, joined with Brian from On the Fort Check, and today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, make sure that you are uh, signing up for FanDuel. With, uh, you get $150 free dollars worth of bets when you place $5 down. It's a great deal. I would tell you to make a bet, but I told you all to bet on Cincinnati. And, <laughs> well, <laughs> Brian, how are you doing today?
1: I- I'm doing all right. It's it's. I've had a, you know, a long drought of, of Nashville not playing. They've been done for a few days now. And mm-hmm. so I've got like a week and a half just yeah. kind of sitting and watching the handful of teams that are still playing. But it's, you know, it's, it's midway through the season. The teams are about, you know, about average. And so it's kind of like, well, it's going to go one of two ways. So it's just a matter of waiting and seeing what happens.
0: Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that last night. I was like, oh, I have like a week to myself my mm-hmm. evenings are just freed freed up what do i do like do i read a book
1: mm-hmm.
0: do, do i fold some laundry what, what do we do
1: yeah i mean i'm i learned i learned my lesson a couple years back to never like you know the predators might be on a break so i was like well i'm gonna go out of town for a few days and i was getting ready to like pick some people pick some pick up my daughters i think and i was sitting in the parking lot and that's when they fired peter Laviolette. And so I was sitting in there in the parking lot, like I was the only person around. So I'd sit there and <laughs> type a type an article out on my phone and tweet from the account and stuff. And so it's like, yeah, I, I should have learned my lesson that they never, never, you know, get too comfortable with the thought that, you know what, I'm not going to have to do anything with hockey today.
0: Yeah, no, that's the thing is like, the teams might be off,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but the managers in front of the office are always working.
1: Yes, they and, are. We saw today.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say with the uh, Horvat trade and we're just, whatever, you know, it's not our team. Yeah.
1: I mean, it it was surprising just because I hadn't heard anything really. Um, I mean, it kind of makes sense if you look at, you know, if you look at Lou and what he does, but it wasn't one that I was expecting, but I'll also say that, you know, it's been, I've been four and a half years covering now and, I don't remember the like month before the trade deadline being this quiet. And like yeah. I haven't heard really anything. It's it's all the same rumors that we heard last year as far as with Nashville. And it's yeah. the same people that you, you'd think. So uh, yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, what's, you know, is that going to actually happen? Is it not,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: is anything going to happen? You never know. You know, things can come completely out of left field.
0: Mm-hmm. And like the Tyler Toffoli trade last year for the, yeah. point, that was, I I was standing in my kitchen making lunch and then mm-hmm. I saw uh the Elliot Friedman notification I was like, wait. Mm-hmm. A Tyler Tafoli?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. It was such he- a good it was such a good pickup too. And yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but I will say too it's like it is funny because there's a handful of people that I have like notifications for like anything that comes through you know text calls whatever yeah. and Fridge is one of them and that's kind of I don't know if that makes me feel good or bad about what, what the state of my life or it's like if he starts tweeting I'm like oh, I need to know now so I can't you know,
0: wait that's the thing and like we talked uh Nick and I talked about this last week and how Hockey reporting has become so transactional. Mm-hmm. Like it's not necessarily the deep storylines and like right. who these players are, but there's like a rush that I get, like this rush of like adrenaline and dopamine when noon on July first, well, mm-hmm. whenever free agency is. I think it goes back to July one this year, but like he's just so exciting, like. All right. This is like this is time and then any trade I don't know.
1: Yeah. Probably
0: speaks to how much uh you know my life revolves around hockey mm-hmm. and I don't know how people can just be casual <laughs> fans of this.
1: I mean, there's, I will say this, that there are nights that when I'm watching hockey, that's not the Predators, it is mm-hmm. kind of nice to watch it with no stake and no like responsibility. And, yeah. But it also is it has the usual effect of, I get to watch another team be good at something. And I'm like, Ugh, like, I want that. Like, I want to, wa- I would like to watch that for once.
0: No, exactly. Or you watch them make a mistake and, Immediately correct it instead mm-hmm. of either overcorrecting or just being like, "Huh, yeah, that didn't happen."
1: Yeah, it's uh, that's it's yeah. We must have pretty similar experiences this season, I imagine.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I would say so. I think, um, you know, at least your team can beat the Flames.
1: Yeah, I yeah, twice now. One one more game left, which was surprising. Both games were kind of surprising to me. So,
0: yeah, no, I am. Um, I was very surprised. I believe it was this most recent game. Mm -hmm. I thought that the Flames were going to go in and win. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they had kind of been piecing themselves back together and picking themselves back up, but they love to do this thing where it's kind of like a toddler Mm -hmm. where you tell them to do something and they just hear the exact opposite. Yeah. I think that's kind of where the Flames have been at Mm -hmm. throughout the season, but... I love the Predators. <laughs> I, you know that I love Nashville. Yeah, of I course. Love I love the state of Tennessee. Uh-huh. But watching them play hockey, mm-hmm. even if it's not against the Flames, I'm... It's frustrating. Like, it can be mind. very frustrating. Yes.
1: And and that was kind of what the thing that surprised me because I was actually... I was at Bridgestone for that most recent game. And the thing that really stood out to me is, you know, I'm well aware of kind of what Nashville looks like and, and when things are clicking and when they're not. Uh, But it felt like even though it was just a two to one game, like it never felt like Calgary was in the game. And that's very surprising because Nashville doesn't do that to a lot of teams, you know, and it was like a low scoring game. uh, But that's kind of the kind of hockey that Nashville plays. And yeah, I just I, I thought that the flames were going to be tougher. They're going to be a little bit more physical to match Nashville, and they didn't do it. Um, you know, a lot of teams have figured out how to stop Nashville in the neutral zone, and you can stop them in the neutral zone, they just it's they can't do anything, and they weren't doing that. I mean, Na- Nashville was controlling you know entries left and right, which is something they don't normally do, and so it was very surprising just because I think a lot of people, you know, myself, who's not as educated, but had a little bit more different expectations for Calgary. I think it just didn't no, you're look not like what I was expecting. <laughs> Everyone
0: did. Everyone did. <laughs> it was, yeah, no, you know, I think that's been one of the more frustrating parts of this season is, you know, you come off the season that you did last year, mm-hmm. sure you eliminated in the second round, but you were down one of your most Integral players with Chris Tanev, right? You, whatever, not whatever, but you know <laughs> that there's something going on. Your Jacob Markstrom was clearly tired and overworked, mm-hmm. and then you lose two of your top end players in the, in free agency, and then you know you you do get strong pickups in return, mm-hmm. and you you sign Kadri, and you're like, okay, like this this is gonna be a good year. Mm-hmm and then you go on a seven game losing streak and it's just kind of like uh, oh this yeah. we're back, we're back to this again
1: yeah and I mean and that's the thing is that there's these you know s- similar with the predators nashville in the off season on paper when they when they finished the off season they should have been a better team than they were last season i mean they got rid of um you know they they had removed some pieces nothing that was too too big to you know altering they brought in ryan mcdonough which you know still six and a half million is still a lot to pay but he has filled a really good role especially penalty killing um you know but you've got you've got a bunch of young guys that have come out and and been great and so you know there, there was really no difference between what the team ended the season with last season and, and this this season and it just hasn't quite materialized I mean there's only been one consistent thing that's UC Soros but we can we can talk about him later
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, UC Soros is just one of those players that you can't root against even when you Mm -hmm. play against him I'm I'm still like do the double stack do the double stack Like, Mm -hmm. like he's just so good and uh there's nothing I love more than a goalie really I don't even have to continue the sentence
1: like, <laughs> like,
0: I just saw goalies <laughs> yeah. they they're fascinating you mm-hmm. and with stats like you can't really truly tell what mm-hmm. they're gonna do like the projections are sometimes so wrong like with right the and it's just it's fascinating to me I don't know and that's you know we're gonna talk about some pretty charts next but <laughs> What what a time it's been Mm -hmm. first half season. If you had to rate or grade Mm -hmm. the Reds, how would you grade them on an A through F scale?
1: So let's see here. So they are technically above 500. So we're gonna we'll start we'll give we'll start with a C just to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I mean they're they're quite a little bit over 500, so that's good. Um, You know, they goaltending has been incredible. Um, but the team has taken a long time to put anything together resembling an offense. Um, that's starting to happen towards the, you know, the end of this break, they, they went into the break with three straight, which they're a very streaky team that, you know, goes and wins two loses two or wins three and loses three. Um,
0: that sounds so familiar.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, Philip Forsberg is picking back up kind of back to where he was as well as, as you know, Roman Yosi. they're not scoring nearly as much, but I don't think that they will you know, last season was insane for the both of them. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to match that. Um, but, you know, the defense has been uncharacteristically bad. Um, you know, they they give up a lot and they they ride the back of UC Saros and they ride, you know, they, they they make sure that that he's going to carry them through the game because he absolutely you know, they're not over 500 without him. Although I will say I was very wrong about Kevin Lankinen and how good he's been. So uh it's, I don't know, I would say maybe just a C minus because there's, there's, they're not a bad team. I can't, you know, say that they're a D just because they're, you know, they are over 500, but they haven't really improved. Their, their power play last season was like the best they'd ever had in franchise history, uh, which still wasn't like, it was like seventh in the NHL, um, which says a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's been awful. I think they're 23rd or 24th. No, actually, I think the 28th, sorry. Uh, in the power play. And so, it's it's not good at all and and they haven't really gotten with the flames
0: that's okay
1: yeah and so like there's nothing really with this team that that kind of points to say like this team's going to you know start winning you know three out of four of the next all their games stand in the season like i don't see that um and i don't you know there's only one you know you could address that by adding somebody to the deadline but that's you know pushing the ball back and saying okay we're not going to rebuild or do anything to get better for the future Again. And so they push back and, you know, people in Nashville are pretty tired of that, that move, you know, it's kind of time to let things happen. So Mm yeah, C minus, I think, and I'm, I want to being a little generous, I think, because they started to turn things around.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that that's, uh, you know, based on what I've seen Mm -hmm. of the Preds and what I've read through, you know, your work and the other Writers at on the forecheck. I I would say that's a fair assessment. Mm -hmm. And for the Flames, I'd probably sit them. I'd sit them at a solid C. Okay, they can they can pass this course with the prerequisite prerequisite of a C. You don't get the C plus because you you could not (laughs) and cannot buy a power play goal Uh no matter how hard they try. Right. But their penalty kill has been fantastic. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the stronger parts of, you know, this last stretch was finally integrating some of their younger players, the guys from the AHL. And that draws a bigger question of, will they be able to scratch someone like Milan Lucic when the time comes? uh, When, you know, the all-star breaks over and they can really get some stronger second line minutes out of Jacob Pelletier. So yeah,
1: I, I that was, I was very surprised when, when they came out in warm ups in that game and he was in the top six. I was like, you know, I don't watch them. I'm not as versed, but I was like, that's, that's a, that's a choice to have in your top six, huh? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very frustrating. And mm-hmm. I know that's, very rarely daryl will throw his lines in a blender and switch things up but you know when you see that as your projected line you just kind of hit your head off the desk and say all right we're doing this again that's fine whatever right and then something happens and you're like you are so old and so low. (laughs) please get out of there yeah but Coming up next, we are going to talk about probably one of the more questionable moves that the Preds have made this season. And maybe pick your brain about why it unfolded the way it did and how it got to this. But first, I do want to take a quick break here to talk about our next partner. And we are so excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America And that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. If I can understand what these numbers mean, then you can too, I I promise, (laughs) not a numbers girl. But you know, I think that it's fantastic because you can download FanDuel right now, so you can bet the Super Bowl 57 on... Wow, cannot talk. You can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet, and you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That sounds like a no-brainer to me. Mm -hmm. So FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line, which I always bet. And I lose. <laughs> <laughs> and you can uh, do point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Those are my favorites because it's just kind of fun and silly. Mm-hmm. But you can join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Is sports betting legal in Tennessee?
1: It is, trust me, because we've get so many commercials, so many commercials.
0: I wasn't sure. Do you ever bet on uh, your your Dallas Cowboys? <laughs>
1: uh, no, I know better than that. Um, <sighs> yeah, I think it, for me, like, I know there was a huge push about us getting into the betting more and stuff, and I'm just like, I don't one, I don't know that I could sit there and give consistent enough advice that. You know, people are going to be like, "Oh, yeah, he makes some good predictions." Because it doesn't—nothing ever makes sense to me, especially mm-hmm. with Nashville. I'm—if I'm, I'm going to bet Nashville, I'm always going to usually bet against them. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. but yeah. but also, I just—you know—yeah, I just—I think I have a feeling too. If I dip my my toe in, then I won't be able to undip it. So,
0: yeah, that—that's very fair. That's you know, mm-hmm. trust your gut on that one. Uh, do you think that the Predators front office trusted their gut when they put uh, Tolvenin on waivers?
1: Yeah. So that's, that's a good question. So as, as you know, it came from the report was that they were fully expecting him to clear waivers, which he did fall to Se- uh, Seattle, which I believe they were in the like mid twenties in the waiver claim. So they did make it, he did make it You know, pretty far down the list, but You know, it was something that he's a guy who's really young. Um, He was a guy who, when he came into the draft, everybody, lots of people, people, you know, I know personally were just like, he's just a shooter. That's all he is. He's nothing else. He can't skate. He can't play defense. And so the Predators asked him, you know, with, with, um, you know, John Hines coming in and bringing him up and giving him more time last season, they said, you know, we want you to work on your 200 foot game. And he did, he became a very good defensive player. And this is a guy, he's a big tall, lanky kid. Um, you know, not the type of guy that you're going to think is going to be a two-way player, but he focused on it and yes, his scoring did suffer for it. And that's, you know, that's something that, you know, he could only do so much, especially, you know, sitting in the bottom six, you know, not getting a ton of time. Um, But he, you know, that there's talent there. just looking at him, you see his shot and you know, that there's talent there. Um, But he was getting, you know, shuffled all up and down the lineup. He started up with like in the first and second line with Forsberg and Granlund, But nobody was really getting much done, Um, and so they they thought that it would be safe to send him to Milwaukee again. And sure enough, he got scooped up. And since then, it's been well, it's been kind of unfortunate. So when he got when he got waived, he played Mm -hmm. 13 games for Nashville, uh, had two goals and four points. So yeah, I'm a little bit you know you might be a little bit concerned, but you know he's only he he was getting not very many minutes per game. He was you know getting bottom half minutes. In 15 games since going to Seattle, which so just two more games than he played, he's got eight goals, 10 points. So, yeah, it's and they're using him. You know, he's not doing anything different. They're just letting him do his thing. But he's got a better team around him that's able to clean up his shots. And he's in there, you know, cleaning up shots himself. He's. He's a guy who scored 11 goals in his first two full seasons with Nashville. And he's about to match that probably in the next, you know, by the end of fe- February, if not, you know, quicker than that. And so, you know, as a guy who's a first round pick, he was the he was the 30th, uh, the 30th pick, you know, when they lost in the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, there was this long saga and people, you know, Nashville fans turning, you know, looking for Internet streams to watch him play at Joker it because of his shot and just how electric of a player he was. Um, and it, it hurt just because he's a guy that was kind of a fan favorite and the, you know, the fan base was, you know, surprisingly, you know, optimistic on him. You know, they knew that he wasn't performing, but they weren't like, this is over. I mean, he's a young kid. He's a really young kid. And so it's, it's hard to sit there and and look at that and say they gave him, they gave up on him, um, or put him in the waiver wire knowing that, you know, someone might grab him. And that's yeah. what happened. And now look what he's doing for Seattle. And Nashville's still struggling, you know, offensively. So, you um, live and you learn, I guess.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that one of the fun parts of hockey is watching maybe not players from your own team go yeah. off and succeed. But, you know, like Andre Burkovsky, mm-hmm. for instance, he, he was fine in Washington. Right. He was fine. You know, he did his thing and then, you know, and again, another super young guy, and then went to Colorado and kind of had this little resurgence coming mm-hmm. to life. And now he's doing great things in Seattle. And, you know, it's it's part of the game.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, it's it's a business, as everyone likes to say. Right. But do you think that <laughs> the time has come for david poyle to um mm. sail, sail
1: yeah away. yeah <laughs> that's a hot that's a that's a very common question and yeah i think that you know it's getting to the point where it doesn't it's hard for me to sit there if you were to ask me gun to my head what is the predator's plan for the next three four uh, five years they um, don't even
0: know
1: i wouldn't be able to tell you and and it's you know there are signs of things looking up. There are things that have improved and there are uh, you know, like getting guys like Forsberg and Yossi. I mean, they, they kept these big, these big names. They weren't able to get, you know, get in on any of the other ones. You know, I know that they were, you know, real interested in, in grabbing, uh, you know, grabbing somebody from Calgary last season, but didn't look like it went anywhere. So, uh, but you know, they got the guy, Poyle got his guy and Duchesne, you know, Duchesne, Forsberg, Yossi, Soros all had career seasons last year. Uh, You had a guy like Tanner Janot kind of come out of nowhere, even though he's kind of crashed back down to earth a little bit. Uh, You know, you, you, you had this kind of season and, you know, all of that, all this history that they, you know, all the records they broke last season kind of amounted to them getting swept granted by Colorado and without UC Soros, but uh, you know, that was, that was, that was games with Connor Ingram and big save Dave. So yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So Calgary fans know all about The big save Dave playoff experience. And I can tell you, it's not a good one. No. So if you were fortunate enough to miss out on it, (laughs) I didn't miss much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, he was a really nice guy uh, and everything, but you had to feel for him just because I think sorrows kind of came into it and he just, he knew, he knew that he was going to have to play out of his mind every night. And mm-hmm. I think that maybe, you know, this this isn't scientific or you know it based in any fact at all. But a guy like Kevin Lankinen comes in and he, you know, he was the cultender with Chicago last year, and they were pretty terrible. And so he's kind of used to playing in front of a terrible defense. And so yep. he's kind of stepped in and handled it. In fact, like he's with uh he's second in the NHL in save percentage. Kevin Lankinen is That's- so that's just 11 games but I mean that's that's still really impressive and not at all I mean there's been a pretty big movement among a lot of the people in Nashville to be like listen we were wrong about Kevin Lincoln and we were wrong to panic about them you know another player that kind of left you know went with nothing coming back was Connor Ingram you know waving him and so you know it it, uh, that's worked out and so it's you know th- you see these things work out then you see these things that don't and you just don't know what they're working towards you know what's what would put you know if they wanted to go all in like what one or two players can make this team you know a top 5 team in the NHL i don't know the answer to that the way the, the way the team's built right now no. and so and, and we just haven't seen any indication of doing something different or rebuilding they you know they've avoided that that term they said retooling a couple <laughs> years back and Uh, But that's it may just need to be what happens. And, you know, I know that the the league and teams are kind of cash strapped as they've been for the past few years. And so you don't want to sit there and put out a bad team. But, you know, they've got their guys locked in. So what are they going to do next? You know, are they going to try and build and be better and mortgage the future on that? Or are they going to commit to that? And I think we're not going to get any movement or change from that with Poyle. And it's, you know, he's the only GM they've ever had. So, you know, credit where it's due. He's the winningest GM for a reason. He's, you know, good at his job, but it may just be on, time to move on. And with with one of, you know, with Haslam coming in as an owner and slowly taking over, you know, he may come in and think that he, you know, pushed for some changes and to, to see something new. So we're all kind of waiting. We're all waiting to see, you know, mm-hmm. you know, just John Hines survive? Does David Poyle survive? What's going to happen? I mean, the playoffs will probably be, at least you know the the bar the bare minimum for them you know i think and so we'll see I'm, I'm still not sure what this what this team can finish like
0: yeah no and i feel like most teams who are kind of in a similar position to nashville should be looking at vancouver right now mm-hmm. and saying this is what's going to happen in three years if we don't like if we don't make a decision and, yeah. and not even a decision, but the right decision.
1: So yeah. Vancouver has been one of those teams where it's just like, I'll look at them and be like, okay, I feel a little bit better about the yeah. produce just like in every aspect, not just like the game, but just every aspect top to bottom of their organization. It's oh, like, yeah. at least we're not Vancouver. Cause man, what a tire fire.
0: Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's one of those things where like you, you really do feel bad for the players and honestly more so the fans um yeah. and it, it takes a lot for me to feel sorry for sports fans because we all willingly do this
1: mm-hmm. yeah we do ourselves.
0: <laughs> but you know just to like vancouver fans are so loyal and you know that's how it is in any canadian market really yeah or or even non-traditional markets like nashville like people ride or die for their teams and mm-hmm. i love it but it's so bad for our health
1: yeah it is definitely is uh bad for our wallets bad for our health you know i mean like i say that and you know nobody's making me spend money on hockey nobody's making me do it at least at least you know for a while now i've been able to write some of it off on taxes as business expenses but other than that it's just like i don't i don't need the amount of jerseys that are in my closet i I never did you know i don't wear them especially now like i can't i can't even remember the last time i wore a jersey to a game at this point you know yeah and so and then it's not like i wear them out you know when i'm in my in the civilian world i'm not wearing it around it very often either so you know that's that it, it's a good thing though i mean you look at a team like vancouver and the fans have been unhappy for a long time and the players are unhappy the coaches I and mean, the, the coaching the i mean just name it you know with all of the stuff that they went through this summer too you know it's it's not a great look and the fact that you know bohorovac's got to be just over the moon as far as just getting getting out of there like going to the Islanders is probably Did a you bonus speak?
0: he was at Disney when he found out
1: Oh, what a what a that's very good because that must be like he this really is the, the happiest place on earth I imagine yeah. I know he wanted to stay there you know his whole career I know it hurts on some level but you know at the same time it's toxic and you sometimes you just got to get out of it
0: <laughs> yep and I'm sure he'll look back at it and be like oh maybe maybe I didn't need to stay there my whole life. My mm-hmm. whole career.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's okay. And, <laughs> it, well, I'm sure that there will be other GM openings.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We, we rotate through the same.
1: Oh, yeah. Men. So yeah. You'll,
0: find, you'll find another position somewhere. um, Maybe in Calgary because they may, uh, Bradtree Living is in a contract year. So you never know. Uh-huh. Uh, especially with Daryl Sutter allegedly just wanting to take over the helm. So,
1: yeah. we'll see. Be interesting.
0: Yeah, I think that'll be the day I hand the podcast off to someone else. <laughs> he's already caused me enough stress, I don't yeah. need any more.
1: <laughs> I imagine so, yeah.
0: But I think today we can wrap up with um some of these really pretty charts of the flames even strength defense in front of the goaltenders. And while I cue those up, I do want to take a quick break again, just to say a special thank you to AG1. Our next partner has a product that I use every day. I started taking AG1 because I just needed to get all of, I I needed to stop taking Mm -hmm. multivitamins and all these other things. And instead I can just take a scoop in my water and it does the same thing. And it's less expensive because it is a G one is about $3 a day. And that's cheaper than my coffee. Mm. <laughs> and the importance of a multivitamin is that tons of people, but you know, they all take them and we all see different uh, or want to see different results. And a G one is a small micro habit with big benefits. So right now, It is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It is just one scoop in a cup of water every day. If you like your water to taste a little tropical, a little fruity, this is for you. One scoop in your cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership of your health today. Well, I don't have any in my water right now because I take it in the morning. But (laughs) water is good for you. Stay hydrated, everyone. Yeah, see, exactly. Always good. Always. I, I love water. People kind <laughs> of like water. Oh, no, give it to me. Yep. Whoa. So if you are listening on audio right now, it may be uh, a good chance for you to slide over to YouTube to watch this. Um, and I'll throw those timestamps in the show notes. This way you can see the visual and the charts that we are looking at and dissecting.
1: Yeah, and so I'll I'll break this down a little bit, and I'll try to be a little descriptive for those of you because you know a lot of times you might be on your your morning commute. Um, so what we're looking at is we're looking at from hockeyviz.com. This is Micah Blake McCurdy, who's uh, ineffective math on Twitter, which you know he's he's fantastic, one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. Um, but he has these impact charts, basically looking at the impact of um you know basically what happens on the ice with a certain player while they're there while they're not on and how the you know, the offense and defense does compare to league average so the first thing i wanted to do is you know jess had made an interesting point as we were kind of talking about the episode earlier uh you know that the, the team you know calgary plays different in front of markstrom than they do with blidar with, with which so i wanted to go and look and kind of do a little bit of research and saw something a little bit interesting so Looking at Calgary at you know five on five with Markstrom, so about fifteen hundred minutes almost. Um, the defense in front of him is actually ten percent better than league average, so they're they're facing ten percent less quality against. So like two point three four goals against per sixty. So that's that's pretty good because you know that's a good amount you know below league average. And really the only spot that they're really giving up a lot with Markstrom is kind of the top of the the top of the crease, you know, right in that area. Uh, Where you can see that in red. So, on this one, because we're looking at defense, the areas that are blue, which is a lot of area here, is good. That means that they are the 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 uh, the opponents are you know they're doing less from there compared to average. If it's red, that means that they're shooting more from there and they're creating more of a threat uh, more than the league average. So, Calgary's the defense in front of Markstrom's been pretty good. So now we can go look at Vladar. And you had mentioned you know looking at the the team and you know, what the records are, you know, it's, I was very surprised to see, you know, Markstrom, his record, and what's been kind of going on very, very, you know, he's a guy that I've always liked for the past couple mm. of years and thought that he'd be pretty consistent, but it's been a little bit rough. But if you look at this one now, um, you see that there's a much bigger red blob there in the middle and yeah. still good for Vladar. Almost uh, 850 minutes or so. Uh, the Calgary defense is about 5% better than league average. So, you know, again, they're giving up a lot from that, from the top of the circle. It's much bigger. The, the top of the right circle is also a big problem, I guess, for the, for the Calgary defense. But, you know, if you look right there, you know, straight in front of the net, they're extremely effective at preventing, preventing shots from there. So that was really surprising. And, you know, we talked about goaltending and the differences, um, but, you know, you want to look and it's similar story, you know, goaltending might be keeping, you know, the flames and the Preds into games, but let's compare now with what UC Soros deals with.
0: Oh my oh my
1: That's exactly it. so you don't have to know these charts. that should tell you the whole picture right there. Yeah. So for those of you listening, UC Saros has about 1,700 minutes um, in the league right now nobody has faced more shots against than UC Saros with about 1243. Uh, that yeah that is a almost uh, that is about 12 more than the second place, which is Connor Hellebuck but he has two less games leads the league in saves. Uh, second in the league and goals saved above expected. So just basically based on the kind of shot quality and, you know, goals above replacement, the kind of their the evolving wilds, you know, kind of one number metric, uh, you know, second in the league. So you can tell he's doing great, but the Nashville defense in front of him is 9% worse than league average. And he's getting it. I mean, right there on the slot, there's a small blue area right there in front of him, but his right side and then up the middle, it's just, they're getting hammered just absolutely hammered. And the fact that UC Saros is doing as well as he is, you know, he's 19, 13 and five, which is, you know, you, you want a little bit better, but he can only do so much. Um, but it was just, it was interesting just because, you know, I think that really highlights what, what a special thing that he's doing this season. You know, last year was a great year for him. And then you just a few years away, removed from Pekka you know, winning the Vesna, um, And nobody really thought that the, the transition would happen this quickly and this no. well. You know, you know, Nashville's been spoiled in goaltender for a while. And that may be part of the reason why Nashville can't turn the page and rebuild or do anything because goaltending has kept them alive for, you know, forever now, it feels like. Uh, So, you know, you look at that and you see, you know, it's just it's kind of crazy that, you know, he's able to pull this off night after night. I mean, he he's what third now in NHL history for most, you know, most saves in a game. It's just incredible. And watching that game was unbelievable. Just I mean, to save that, after save like he was a machine.
0: Was that the game where he faced like 70-something
1: shots? I believe so. And I, I feel bad that I don't know this now. Uh, right off the top of my head. But it was, yeah, it was like third. Let me see here. Uh, shots again.
0: I'm so fascinated by this chart mm-hmm. for Soros. Because it's still red. Pretty high up in like toward more towards the blue line.
1: Mm-hmm. So like the
0: opponents are kind of just taking shots as soon as they entered the zone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that what I'm gathering from this chart?
1: Um, here? Somewhat. So yeah, I mean Nashville's a team, but their their offense, they, there's no rush offense to to Nashville. Really, they're getting better at it, but really they focus on the forecheck and they are, you know, they're really getting hard and heavy on them. They're trying to create turnovers. Um, so when the team gets in they don't have much of a hard time getting set up so it's you know looking at the middle of the chart right in front of Soros and to his right i mean they're they're really getting getting after him once they're in but you know on the occasions that they're able to slow them up and transition we do see some of those shots from the outside which you know was something that john hines came in and actually did a pretty good job of last year which was nashville was going to allow a lot of shots against but they were going to be from further out they're going to They're going to let them have, you know, give up volume, you know, to to give better quality, and that's That's not happening at all.
0: Flames hockey.
1: Yeah, and so you know, it's not it's not great. So yeah, here's the number. So UC Saros is now tied is tied for third in NHL history. He had 64 saves against Carolina on uh, January 5th. Uh, Mm -hmm. The NHL record is by the best name I've ever heard in hockey, uh, Ron Tugnut. He had 70 back in 1991. And then wow. there's 65 and 81, and he's tied with somebody who did it in 1970. So nobody has done it uh, since. I think Ben Scrivens did it back in 2014 for Edmonton. He had 59, but 64 is just that's, just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, that's that's insane to me. You know, I give goalies a lot of credit i mean i was a soccer goalie and Mm -hmm. you know as a child so i was facing all those high quality high danger shots from those little five and six year olds Mm -mm. but you know i think to do it at this at this high of a level professionally Mm -hmm. consistently right and just the quality at, you know, how great he's doing it. I think that that's spectacular. And yeah, Nashville is spoiled when it comes to goaltending.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it really is. It's really impressive to see his career just continue he, him to just refine himself and get a little mm-hmm. bit better and get, refine himself and get a little bit better. And they put him in the starting role for the first time. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to have a great year. And wow. you know they handled the goaltending transition very well. Pekarine is still technically a, on this on the staff as a goaltending advisor, um, you know. And with the guys they've got in, you know, lenkinen he's you know he's kind of a temporary. Uh, Yaroslav Askarov not quite ready. He's doing pretty good. He is an AHL All Star, so that you know that's awesome. Uh, but he's raw. You know, it's it's not it's not time. He did you know he looked pretty pretty decent in his one game for Nashville and kind of an emergency role. Uh, but you can tell he's a young kid, uh, got the most personality of any goalie I've seen okay. so far, which is excellent. Uh, I really hope because he's one of those guys that you, you can see it in Milwaukee, you can see it in Nashville. And even when I was at camp, the man will if he knows you're taking a picture, he's going to mug for the camera every single time. I love time. it. Yeah, I mean, Me he's
0: more players like and, that.
1: And we, I really hope that that doesn't that doesn't change. They don't the NHL doesn't beat that out of him.
0: No, you know, they have so many players that give us nothing mm-hmm. the least they can do is start embracing this <laughs> bare minimum of a personality yeah
1: i mean that's what we ask for well, like, who you know who are your goaltender personalities now i mean
0: jeremy swayman
1: yeah or like on the other side of the spectrum you've got like jordan binnington so you know it's, it's- yeah
0: where where do you want to fall on this spectrum? I mean,
1: yeah, it's, it's like you don't have much choices. You know, you don't, you only have, you don't have Hank anymore. You know, it's kind of like you don't have Longo, you know, the fun goalies. You need some of that still. And I think Askarov will be that, but he's carrying a little bit more weight. But I think with UC Saros and him being pretty young, you know, he's got time. They can take him, their time with him like they did with UC Saros, So
0: Yes. Well, you know, best of luck to anyone that has to you know watch watch both of these teams on a regular <laughs> basis honestly but you know i would kill to go to a nashville game i'm still i'm eventually mm-hmm. trying to line up my calendar especially now that i'm done with school yeah Hopefully, you know i'll get down there soon enough but uh brian is there anything else you want to say or throw in before we wrap up this shindig
1: yeah i feel like i've been pretty negative i know i did gush over <laughs> Saras for a bunch but i'll do a couple of a quick you know things that i've really liked um cody glass has been a really good story um you know he he kind of made you know got on the national radar when they did the you know behind uh what was it called the nhl's you know behind the scenes yes. thing And they, you know they showed him making the team so he could go over to Prague, uh, you know, that was a really great scene. And, and he'd started out, you know, kind of great, but he struggled. And so he got you know pushed down he got scratched a few times, but he's come back and now he's, he's centering Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchene, and he's, they're doing fantastic with him. I mean, he's been extremely, I mean, you know, he's not scoring quite at that rate that you would, you know, want a first line center to do, but now, nat- you know, Nashville's kind of struggled with having a first year, you know, a first line center for a while. I mean, seven goals, 18 points, but that's you know that's that's in 38 games, and that's a guy who was kind of deemed a, a failure as a, as, a, as a prospect in Las Vegas, and it, we're starting to see him come into his own, and I think he really has kind of found his confidence. So that's always that's been really great to see. Um, I think the other thing I've talked about a lot, and I, again, all credit to Eric Dene, you know, fellow writer at On the 4 Check, covers prospects. He's been nobody, I don't think, outside of the Predators organization, nobody knew as much or was high on Yusof Parsonen as eric has been for the past few years since they drafted him in the seventh round uh this kid has he made you know he made the team uh he almost made the team out of camp Uh, a lot of you know a lot of kind of rumors were that he almost made the team there out of camp but he has been a phenomenal player i mean for a guy that kind of came out of nowhere um he looks the part already he's physical he's a dangerous scorer he's been fantastic i mean he's five goals, 21 points, you know, and this is just in 34 games as again, a guy, a seventh round pick a few years back. And so, you know, he's, he's in the NHL and you've got a guy like Philip Tomasino in the AHL right now. Um, You know, and so it's, it's, it's great to see that. It's great to see a guy like him kind of come out of nowhere and he's, you know, he's just a bright eyed, you know, young, young guy, you know, he's still kind of getting used to being in the NHL, but it's really fun to watch him and, and see him get better and watch everybody start to take notice of him. So all credit to Eric on that. Again, it's, he was right. And, and uh, it's been really fun. So those have been a couple of really good surprises and something that, you know, they're young guys. So there, there are some, some hope for the future. It's just a matter of if they stay around. So.
0: Yeah. So I definitely uh, hope that that's the case here. And, you know, there's some sort of it's not like it's dark and gloomy in Nashville in terms no no, of, no but you know it's a little overcast so hopefully these guys are the sun that's gonna break the clouds apart um because my goodness, I just I want to see Nashville be truly competitive again. Mm-hmm. I think that it's so great to see you know the these late round late you know sixth, seventh round guys get drafted and really, blossom the flames mm-hmm. know all about that uh dustin wolf who is just tearing it up as a fantastic goaltender in the ahl right now mm-hmm. uh, he was a sixth or a seventh round pick and you know late bloomers
1: yeah i mean i'm trying to think here saros i think was he was a late rounder too i think he was like a fourth rounder and then pecorine was an eighth rounder which doesn't exist anymore yeah I mean so, they didn't he was he was convinced when they called him that they were calling him to get a hold of another player on his team because he was like they weren't they're not picking me. So oh my God. yeah. And so you know the rest is history. It took him a long time, he had a long career. But I mean if there's gonna be a player, I think if there's the first player I think from Nashville that'll make the Hall of Fame, hopefully, will be Pecorine. It'll you know, I think Roman Yossi might have be, you know, have something to say, but we're way long away from that discussion. Yeah, but I think, you know, Pecorino is one of those ones where, you know, he's not he doesn't have a cup, you know, and so that's going to count against him. But for to do what he did for so long and then to get have as good of a year as he did so late in his career was really impressive to watch. So,
0: yep, nothing but love for Pecorino. Honestly, Mm -hmm. he's one of the main reasons I started following Nashville as closely as I did. Mm -hmm. Um, I just I love him. I I, we um, all do, yeah. I'm
1: very excited to see. You know, I don't know, I haven't heard any update on the statue that they're supposed to be building. Um, I'm very excited to hear. I mean, where would they
0: put it? Would they put it in like
1: right there? Probably, I'm guessing it's gonna be right there, and then yeah, on the corner, yeah. Yeah. So Broadway and what seventh, maybe I think it is. So, yeah,
0: because I'm trying because that's where they do the car smashings.
1: Yeah, so they'll probably put it further out from like where they do the car smash, but yeah. it'll be right there. I mean, that's probably the I can't imagine it going anywhere else, maybe ex- oh. Yeah, that's probably going to be it. And so we're going to see the, it's just it's really nerve-wracking because you're like you really hope it's going to be good. Yeah. Because a bad statue will live forever <laughs> and you oh, know, yeah. it'll get memed to hell and you know, yep. so it's we hope it's going to be good, but I imagine that they're putting in they 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 hopefully they did their homework on it. I
0: know, fingers crossed. Oh, right, my goodness, maybe that's when I'll take a trip to Nashville when it's well,
1: there. I was, was going to tell you, yeah, uh, Nashville has uh, end of the season all the way in April. April tenth, they're like third to last game is uh, no, they're at Calgary. Dang, never mind. Yeah,
0: uh, I could get my passport.
1: Yeah, like, that's true. Well, yeah. But yeah, anytime
0: Life across Canada,
1: I was gonna say anytime you want to come out, we'll make sure you get taken care of. So yeah. like I said, I tell I tell everybody uh, I can't get you free tickets. I can't get myself free tickets, but we'll figure something out.
0: Yeah. Like I, I have no problem sitting in the last row of like,
1: oh, it's so much fun. I,
0: I love the balcony seats at TD Garden. It's mm-hmm. nuts. So
1: yeah, I'm, I'm so used to it now because, you know. I didn't ever, you know, sit up front or sit up close very often anyways. But now because I'm permanently at the top of the arena, oh. it's just I sit up close and I'm like, oh, this is much different.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sitting on the glass uh, in, when I go to L.A. and the Flames play the Kings and I'm like, oh, that's God. Awesome.
1: Yeah, that's really that's, cool. It's, but, I'm
0: really excited. It's, but, you know, everyone that's listening right now, thank you for sticking around make sure you um, support on the forecheck wherever their new home will be. Appreciate that. Of course, you guys are absolutely fantastic. And seeing the news of those media cuts is just, it's brutal. And Mm -hmm. especially, you know, so many established journalists in the field have gotten their start from, you know, SB Nation as a launch pad. And it's just been not it's not you you know yeah
1: it's you know and it's it's rough it is it is rough and and you look at it and from a business standpoint it's you know there's a lot that doesn't make sense to me and to other people and but you know it's it is you know i think it's the people that are doing this because you look at like on the forecheck and it's we have our guys that are young guys out of high school or, you know, early in college and they they want to be sports writers. We, you know, like Eamon and, and Jeff, you know, these guys are just the most talented young writers I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, those guys are there, but there's also, you know, people like me who didn't start covering, watching hockey until I was like in, you know, almost 30. Yeah. And, and, you know, and here I am four and a half years later, you know, going to games, interviewing players after the game. It's, it's crazy to me. And it's literally because of, me tweeting at the on the four check uh, account just nonstop with stuff until they were finally like, Do you want to like help with something? So you'll stop and <laughs> Yeah. So there, there it is. But I mean, there's people like me, there's people like Anne who, you know, Anne is doing such a great job her and Nick at, you know, at Locked On Predators. They're fantastic. Yes. like Really one of the only hockey podcasts I listen to. Uh, and, and so, you know, they do a great job, but these, you know, Nick's worked in media and things like that, but Anne's kind of like me, you know, we're both parents, you know, we, kids are a little bit older. Uh, you know, people like Sean, who used to be with us, the same thing. He's a teacher you know a lot of this is a first chance for a lot of people but it's not just a first chance for like young writers or guys people that are coming out of journalism school it's it's for anybody and you know yeah you look at some of the great you know the great people that have come out of it you know not not a lot of the stories kind of look like mine do, do but it's you know there's that chance that it can come from somewhere you know and that people who you know build something or do good enough of a job that, that that's what that's what on the four chick did for me and for a lot of people. And, and so I am very thankful for that experience. Um, You know, we're really hoping to keep pushing on. I think a lot of us are just kind of, they can, they can take, you know, our, they can take this away from us, you know, from our cold dead hands. So we're going to try and figure something out, but yeah. um, so just, you know, keep, keep an eye out. Uh, You know, I think there's only going to be six hockey websites left managed by, by Vox and SB nation. So uh, you know, they feel bad. You know, I feel bad for them because they're having to soldier on after all this. And, uh, I wish them the best. I wish them no ill will. I hope they go out there and succeed and ball out. That would be fantastic, you know, but, uh, just, you know, reach out support, make sure you're reading people. I know a lot of people are probably going to, you know, move to do something else. Some people may start doing their own thing or just, you know, not do it anymore completely. But, uh, if you see somebody out there, you know, getting, you know, getting, trying something new, kind of restarting what, what we were <laughs> like, okay, I guess we're doing something completely different now. Uh, you know, go out there and give them a shout, give them a follow, see what you can do. A retweet can do a lot. So I appreciate awesome. you uh, saying something.
0: Yeah, of course. It costs nothing to, su- to support and share work. I got my start writing for Fan Sided and mm-hmm. other independent blogs and literally accidentally stumbled into this podcasting gig. And, you know, it's not A linear path by Mm -hmm. any means for anyone in this field and you know this isn't my full-time job but it's something that a lot of us can look forward to yeah you know like being able to just have three hours a night watching hockey and someone people want to listen to mm-hmm. what I have to say people oh, want to yeah. read what I like that's like the best form of validation and it yeah. really
1: is it's it, it's really cool just you know like when you get the random you know tweet out of nowhere where someone just wants to ask you a question that's really cool and oh, I think the thing that also uh, the bigger thing that I think is from from all of this is that this these types of sites kind of represented a place for literally anybody to get started. And I say this a lot and and people tell me to stop being, you know, they're like, well, don't, you know, don't pick on yourself. And I I don't see it as much as this, but I really do mean like if I can end up doing what I'm doing right now in the position that I am, Mm -hmm. like literally anybody can, like if you're younger, you're older, you know, it's, I've had, you know, a lot going on in the last few years and trying to balance them, you know, got two kids, you know, it's, did it through COVID. It's, it's something that if you're passionate about it, if it's something you enjoy talking about and doing it, you know, to put yourself out there. Yeah. I hate that there's less places for people to go and to get their start. Um, we have really enjoyed bringing people on and watching them blossom and then going on and moving up to other, other great things. And that's going to be the part I miss is the guy, the young people that come through or the people who are just getting their start and really, really pushing them. I mean, it yeah. seems like a year and a half ago, like, I was doing a podcast with Ann and it was like one of the first times she had ever done it and she was just like I'm not sure what I'm doing. I'm like Ann, you're going to be fine. Yeah. And now oh, yeah. look at her. Oh, now look at her. So it's 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 out there, you know. Get out there. If you're passionate, if you think that you could sit there and talk for 30 40 minutes, you know, yeah. do it.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yep. You'll get noticed.
0: And my DMs are open if anyone really ever wants oh, to come on. I literally I I will sit here. I talk to myself five days a week for this show. Mm -hmm. So if someone else wants to come on and be like, can we spit So I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk. Let's talk all about hockey. I don't care. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is, you know, even though things are shifting and kind of really changing in the landscape of sports and independent starting up journalism, I can't even talk. But, you know, the people who got their start there and have kind of built something for themselves there will always hold the door open for you. Yeah, Will happily show you new things. And that's one of my favorite things about, you know, obviously becoming one of your friends, but also being like a colleague and like Mm -hmm. being able to say, what the hell does this mean? What, (laughs) What does this number mean? Like, I don't know. Like, there's very few people that I know I can message and be like, what does this letter next to this number, <laughs> another capital letter mean?
1: Exactly. I mean
0: uh, me uh, throw in the alphabet.
1: But, but, but I mean, like that's when I when I was starting, I was DMing everybody, asking mm-hmm. questions, everybody, and everybody was super nice about it. Like it was okay. probably annoying, but everybody was really nice about it. And it's you know, people like to be able to teach and to to you know share knowledge and stuff. I mean, I don't yeah. think there's very much like competition out there. Uh, you know, especially with things like stats or anything else, you know, people want to share what they know. And it's such oh, a fun yeah. experience. So, you know, make sure you you give it a try. And, and, you know, you could be, and, you know, we could be the DMS and you come in and annoy us. And then you're the one who tells this story four or five years from now.
0: Exactly. And, you know, as long as you're polite and you don't make things weird, I am very cool. happy. Yeah. Just don't feel like, I don't know. Like I used to panic messaging, like, larger writers and stuff and be like oh my god like this is so weird. no i'm a human being that yeah. yells shoot the puck mm-hmm. on my couch like don't yeah. nothing to be intimidated or worried about um i sift through my message requests once in a while but if mm-hmm. i see one i'll you know there's certain ones that pop up I'm like, oh yeah let me get that yeah but you know it's always good chatting with you brian oh I- yeah
1: i really appreciate you having i know i've been bugging you for a while and, and schedules have been tough but i've been looking forward to to coming on here with you for a long time you're awesome no, your work sorry. you do is great and you know there's a good side to all these things you know things happen mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe a lot of us will get time to cover something or do some work in, in <laughs> yeah. you know hockey that they haven't had time to yet and you know maybe it might open up another opportunity in a different part of hockey so who knows yeah.
0: Exactly. You never know. Um, I'm so excited for, you know, the positives that come out of this and hopefully some strong developments uh, Mm -hmm. in the writer development field. And I don't know, I just I feel like sports journalism is just such a wild ride. And I've been doing it for, for almost six years now. And I swear it's not it's not even close to the same as It was when I started. I
1: imagine so, but again,
0: old talking like that. But like (laughs) things change, and they change fast. So thank you everyone for sticking around and tuning into today's episode of Locked On Flames. It's always a pleasure, and make sure you follow Brian on Twitter at b r y a n b a s t i n.
1: Love
0: it. You know, people in the car, they're not going to be able to know that. It's with a Y and not an I.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. I appreciate that.
0: Of course. And of course, follow Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts. And I will see you tomorrow.